Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Intro. This is your host, Matt Delavalle, aka MDV, and I am joined today on the show by my very good friend and the owner of CrossFit Tilt, Max Isaac. Max owns five very successful CrossFit locations in the New England area. And Max is somebody who I've known in this industry for many years. I actually taught Max's first fundamental classes back in the day at CrossFit New England. Now, he wasn't always on this path to being a successful gym owner. He was actually teaching kindergarten and helping children in their early development, and Max got bit by the bug. He has an undeniable passion for fitness, and that passion is something that is infectious, and you'll notice it right away in this conversation. Max brings that passion to absolutely everything that he does, and he brings it to every single member interaction that he has. And that really is one of the main reasons why he's been so successful. He has an undeniable drive to just deliver the best possible experience every single time he steps on the floor. If you're a coach, you can learn so much from this episode. If you're out there looking for some tips and tricks on coaching, if you're looking for some new movements, if you're looking for some stuff that you can experiment with, check me out on Instagram at MDV underscore FIT. I'm trying hard to deliver the best possible content. Now, without further ado, let's get into this conversation with Max. So let's grab a notebook, grab a chair, and let's learn a thing or two from Max Isaac. Let's go. morning, Max. How you doing? Max Isaac on the show today. Max is one of my very good friends back from New England. Max and I go way back to the early days of CrossFit New England, where we first met as he was a member, I was a coach, and then he became a coach, phenomenal trainer. He's the owner of CrossFit Tilt, whole lot going on. Max Isaac, good morning. Matt, thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, so not uh not only was it member coach but you were my first coach so you you were my elements coach so um and i'll it's actually funny as i was thinking about uh us chatting today i remember telling you we went through this whole uh elements program and i remember finishing up and i was you know thanking you and i said you know i can definitely see myself doing this a couple (laughs) of times a week and adding it to my routine and uh you know the, the time that we've spent together, we always kind of come back to this. And it is always so funny to me because, um, you know, little did I know what this would turn into. Right. And uh, it's it's pretty phenomenal. So, yeah, I'm really I'm really happy and honored to be here. Yeah, that's I mean, that, that's an amazing story. I, lo- I love thinking back about those times. It was a really special time, not only in, in our lives, but in the in the kind of CrossFit sphere with CrossFit New England, what was going on there. And you know, we wrapped up elements and, and like Max said, he came up to me and he said, ah, you know, I think I'll do this a couple of times a week. And I, I actually think I said, yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll talk to you when you're working here in a few months. <laughs> and yeah. That actually came to be true. And you've gone on to do absolutely phenomenal things in this space. You know, Max is the owner of five very successful CrossFit tilt locations, three of them commercial, two of them corporate uh, contracts that he has. Max is also involved in a kombucha company, a thriving kombucha company in the Northeast. They're in 27 Whole Foods right now in the Northeast area. And he's the head strength and conditioning coach or head performance coach, excuse me, for Platform Athletics, which is a program which another one of our buddies started more so aimed at strength and conditioning for high school football programs. So Max, you got a a lot going on. You're a diverse dude. You're also one of the most charismatic 
coaches that I've ever come across. And I think that you have a really unique style and how you run your gym and your classes and the things that you think are important for coaches. And I'd love to dive into some of that stuff today. Yeah. I mean, so yes, there's a, there's a lot going on. I think one thing that you said was the time when, uh, when I was at CrossFit New England was a really exciting time. Um, you know, for, for me, I saw coaches like, uh, like you, James Hobart, Mel Ockerby. I saw, saw these coaches. I saw what you were bringing to your craft. At that point, I was uh, teaching kindergarten and I was teaching kindergarten in Natick. And the first time that I ever thought that I could become a coach was I asked Ben if I could volunteer for the kids program at CrossFit New England. And I so, you know, I think, yeah. So I think uh, a lot of the style that I have from coaching comes from working with kids. And um, when you work with kids, it needs to be fun. Uh, you need to be able to adapt on the fly. Um, and you also need to be able to give people a- appropriate choices. You know, when you're working with kindergartners, it's, you know, you can either pick A or B. You're not picking A, B, C, D, E, F, G, all the way down to Z, you know. And that's, and to be honest with you, that's how I think coaching can be the most effective, you know, and I'm just specifically thinking about, you know, like today we coached a workout that had, you know, rounds of Cindy. And when you're giving people options to modify Cindy, you know, you don't want to give them 23 different options. It's like, Hey, let's pick from these three things, knowing that you're going to continue to be able to coach these people and they're going to continue to be able to come back in. I think one of the pitfalls that I used to fall into as a young coach was like, oh, I want to give these people everything. And when you give people everything, they're really not getting anything mm-hmm. from you, right? Yeah. And so one thing that you've talked to me about, and this is something that, that Ben talked to us a lot about, is you're going to get these people to come back and continue to train with you. So it's not necessarily about giving them the perfect modification for that day. It's can you capture their attention and make them want to come back to take class with you? Because like you and I both know, um, fitness takes time. And it's all about like anything else, it's time under tension. And last thing, and I'll, I'll let you go. I remember, <laughs> Keep uh, going. I, I remember talking to James when I first started getting into CrossFit and I said, you know, James, I really want to get a better squat. And so I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm thinking I'm talking to James. He's going to give me the best squat program you could ever anointed get. advice, right? Yeah, it, <laughs> exactly. He's going to bless me with the squat program. And here I am, you know, ready to transcribe it. He goes, you just need to squat more. I said, no, no, no. I said, listen, I, I need the squat program. He's like squat more. I'm like, okay, what? He's like front back overhead, three by 10, 10 by three, 10 by one, 10, eight, six, four, two sets of 20. And when you're in it, you're like, you know, you think that he's messing with you. And then when you've been training for a while, training others and training yourself, you're like, okay, I get it. Yeah. I need to squat more. Cool. Got it. You know? And that's, I think that's something that as a young trainer, I didn't understand for myself or for others. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, um, I've, I've interacted with James a ton and, and James is one of the masters of that where like he will simplify things to the point where you're just like, this is, this is too, too simple. And you're talking to somebody who's, you know, gone all over the world, coached thousands and thousands of athletes, you know, given level ones more than anybody else, probably walking the face of the earth. And then all of a sudden, when you walk away from the conversation, you're like, yeah, he, he was exactly right. I mean, he was spot on. It's that. Simple right. And, sometimes. and competed at the highest level. Yeah. And 
has has won the CrossFit Games. It's uh, yeah, it's it's interesting, right? I think in today's day and age, where everybody's trying to reinvent the wheel, and this is something that I talk to my members about. It's like the wheel's been working very well, squatting, pressing, pulling, pulling your body weight, pressing your body weight, pull ups, push ups, sit ups. Uh, air squats work really well. And it's, it's all reflected in the way that I program for tilt. Mm -hmm. And to be honest with you, because I am a product of CrossFit New England, it's the way that CrossFit New England has been programming forever. Yeah. You know, it's couplets and triplets. And then of course it's making sure that people are actually having fun and um, making sure that your trainers are actually doing the workouts and they're doing them in class. Mm. And I think that is like one of the biggest things. Yeah, I want to I want to dive into that for sure, the fact that coaches taking the actual classes within their own gym and participating in the programming is being a huge place that owners and coaches will get buy-in from their members. But I want to back up just a little bit before we get there. You know, you talked about all these different things, or we talked about all these different things that you have going on. And, and one of the things I've always been so impressed about you, Max, is that you hustle nonstop. I mean, that you, you are always out there thinking about what are the different things that I can do and, and never quote unquote, getting comfortable in this space. And that's something that I see some coaches and a guy like you who, who had a really good paying job as a kindergarten teacher, you could have followed that path. It would have been very comfortable for you. You stepped outside of that. You walked into this industry where you were new and you made something happen for yourself that I think is rare for a lot of coaches out there. You're the owner of five locations. You're involved in multiple other businesses. What's that hustle attitude like for you? What's that mindset? Uh, so I, and I appreciate all of that. Um, you know, I think for, for me, um, I, I'm a very, like you said, like I'm an excited type person. So when I started getting into CrossFit, like I'm sure anybody that's listening to this, you like jump in with both feet. And for, for me, it was twofold. And at this time at CrossFit New England, there was this athletic side. And to be honest with you, Matt, like I watched you do it. Like I remember watching you do Jackie for the first time. And I saw somebody do 50 unbroken thrusters and 30 unbroken posts. I'm like, okay, I, I don't even know how that's possible. But um you know, I, I also side this, I saw this thing with coaching. And for me, I had been involved in education my whole life. And, you know, being a rec director, a camp counselor, I had, you know, taught, taught at a preschool, taught, taught kindergarten, I went on to teaching middle school. Um, coaching for me is just, it's in that same vein of education. So um, when I started at CrossFit New England, um, I pretty much did whatever Ben would let me do. And so for me, it just kept building. And so the, the progression was I started volunteering for the kids program. Eventually uh, was co-coaching a kids program with Rachel Martinez, another phenomenal coach. I mean, back then it was just all stars. I mean, yeah. the, 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 just one second. So I want to let everybody know we're talking about 2010, 2011 around that yep. time, right? So this is, this is years ago. And I think that that comes back around at the end of the story. So let's keep going. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it, the, there was this, this all-star cast. So anyway, I started teaching kids class. And then um, another guy, Jeff Leard, who you know very well, we, we wanted to uh, start a high school program. So we went to Ben, asked him if we could start a high school program. He's like, go ahead, start a high school program. So that started getting running. 
then we're like, okay, now we have a real gap. We're, we're bringing these kids through the kids program, but now there's nowhere them to go. Natural progression, got to start a middle school program. So at this point I was teaching kindergarten during the day. And then after work, I'd get out and I'd go teach the kids program, the middle school and the high school program. And then from there I said, all right, well for me right now, I'm seeing a huge gap in what I'm able to do. I'm not coaching adults yet. I think I should probably do the elements program. And back then that elements program was a really solid program, right? Mm -hmm. We were, we were learning most of the talks given for the level one. We were giving those to people on a one-on-one or a small group basis. And so for me, I felt like I needed to master that. So then it was kids, middle school, high school elements. And then finally um, I graduated to being able to coach adults. So when that whole thing came together, I was now coaching kind of every class that was offered at CrossFit New England. And then it was time for me to uh, make a jump and step away from teaching kindergarten and go all in on CrossFit. Mm. And so that's, that's what I did. Ben uh, gave me my first full-time job at CrossFit New England. And um, it was really wonderful for, for a while. And then I went back to teaching middle school and ended up uh, writing a PE curriculum for kids that were on the uh, on the autism spectrum, mm. and so we did did some work with that. So I, I think I'm I feel like I'm kind of getting off track here. I think I think for me I just love to see what's possible, and like you know, in the CrossFit space, you meet really wonderful people that give you opportunities. Um, ben gave me every opportunity in the world. And let me run with it. And like he always says, it's like, it's either going to be successful because of you or it's going to fail. Yeah. I was lucky enough that at that time, everything was very successful. Um, and then eventually throughout coaching, I met my business partner now, LJ DiCarlo, and we yeah. started our first gym, uh, Tilt. Well, I think, you know, one of the things that, that that's an amazing journey. And we're talking like, obviously right now you're at the point where you have a lot of successful locations, 2020 you're successful through COVID, which a lot of gyms were not a lot of gyms folded. That's 10 years from that time that we're talking about. And, you know, one of the things that strikes me about your journey is that that shit doesn't happen overnight. And, you know, it's not things that, and you were saying people gave you these opportunities. I kind of look at it a little bit different. You made these opportunities happen within the relationships and the, in the, openings that you saw. And, you know, where I think a lot of coaches kind of get lost in the sauce here is that, you know, they get comfortable in like one thing and then forget that there's all these, these other things going on around them that they might be able to insert themselves into or add value to, or continue to drive themselves forward or meet somebody and something new happens. And all of that stuff happens. All of those opportunities happen because you do your fucking job. You do the job in front of you so damn well. And then you take your eyes up, you look around, you go, what else can I do really well? And I think that that's one of the, I wanted to talk to you for so many reasons, but that I'm, I have so much respect for that type of attitude that you have where it's just like, yeah, I'm going to work a full-time job teaching kindergarten, but I'm also going to go coach three classes in a row after I'm done. And then I'm going to ask Ben if I can coach the 7:30 adults class later on that night, because I want to learn how to teach adults. I, that mindset to me is really, really, it, it, it's what makes things happen for people. And when people yeah. say, yeah. Well, I mean, you have a very similar attitude and it, it's also the way that I am as, 
like when I work out, I like to hustle. And, you know, what I always tell all my members is like, you're trying to do the most with the least, you know, like, <laughs> and, and, and the, the other thing, you know, to, to be honest with you is we talked a little bit briefly about at that time at CrossFit New England, when I was kind of cutting my teeth, um, that there was this real um, competitive athletic side of CFNE. Mm -hmm. And when I saw that, like everybody, you become kind of hyper-focused on wanting to be a competitive CrossFit athlete. And I certainly tried that. And, you know, I was lucky enough to compete with the team at regionals and we did some really cool stuff. Um, the best thing that I ever did was take a real honest look at who I was as a person. And I'm not saying that like, you know, I don't, I, you know, I didn't have what it takes, but the writing was on the wall of where my effort was going to be best spent. And f for me, I'm not going to be the next game's champion. And I've talked to you about that and like, well, you know, you didn't, you didn't try hard enough or you didn't believe. And I, I, I said that, I, I don't think that's the point. I think that it's about priorities and it's about, like I said, you have a fixed amount of time and effort and where you want to put that for me. I love working out yeah. like you. Same. I love working out. I work out every day, much to, you know, like my fiance chagrin, you know, I should probably take a rest day here and there. Um, but I love working out, but I also love doing everything else that I do. And um, I think it, for me, once I focused on what I really wanted, which was to see where coaching could take me, to see where these other companies could take me, where I put my effort into, um, that's where I started to see real growth. And yeah. um, I think that's what's also hard with young trainers. I think that people really want to be a competitive athlete and the best coach ever. And I don't know if it's possible. I, and, 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 I'm not, and I'm not saying it is or it isn't, but I think it's very hard to be focusing on yourself and then thinking that you're going to have time and effort to focus on others. I think that's hard. That's incredibly difficult. I, I love this aspect of the conversation. This is something I think about a lot because I talk to a lot of coaches out there who their first words out of their mouth is I want to go to the games. And like for, for me, that's wild. Like that's, that's a, a wild thing to say as the first thing that you want to do. And I'm not, I don't want to write off anybody's like dreams or aspirations or anything like that. But like a lot of the people who I talk to who say that, like, you have to take a step back out of this dreamland and look at the reality of the situation. And there are some people out there who can be very, very successful in this sport and, and make a lot of money and get some sponsorship deals and go to the games and do really well and become a professional athlete. But when we're talking about the, the sliver of opportunity that's available for that, it's like, it's like a sheet of paper. It's like the narrowest kind of path that you could follow here. And the, the danger in trying to pursue that, if it's not an, an actual reality, if you can't drop absolutely everything in your life, you can't commit everything to your life to doing that. And you don't have either the, the genetic, the emotional, the physical, the mental fortitude, all those things. You don't have all the whole deck is stacked in your favor. You're going to sacrifice a tremendous amount of time and other opportunities and other relationships and all these things that you could be putting into your life to build a very successful career in this 
this, this industry for something that might never happen. And the odds of it happening are super, super thin. I can imagine you, imagine you gave up all these amazing things that you were going to do to try to like go to the games. Like for me, I, I have a really hard time wrapping my head around that because there's a lot of regret wrapped up in the fact that that's not going to be a reality for people at some point. Yeah. And I think, again, I, I think what it's, what it's really about is for people to just take a hard look at what their priorities are, you know? And if you say that your priority is being the best athlete you can be, then that's what you need to do. You need to yeah. be the best athlete you can be. But, you know, if your priority is to be the best coach, I, I think it's, I think it's hard because, um, time that time that you could be spending, you know, working on relationships with your members, you're going to have to spend on working on yourself. And, um, yeah, I, I think, again, I think it's all about, it's about figuring out what, what your, what your priorities are. Yeah. And for me, um, you know, like I said before, my priorities are taking class with my members and, you know, especially right now where, um, you know, all of our gyms are thankfully reopened, um, and we're adhering to the guidelines, you know, put forth by Massachusetts. Um, it's really, really important for myself and all the coaches to be taking classes because right now the way that we're working out is um, in partitions with masks on and um, it's different. And so again, you know, we're talking about buy-in when a member sees the owner or another coach, you know, in the next partition with their mask on doing the same workout, I think it creates uh, a stronger community. And what I've seen right now is when there are physical barriers put up, your community takes a hit. It's hard. Yeah. Um, and that's what, and that's what we're trying to do right now, you know, is to give people the same sense of community that we had before, uh, before the pandemic. And it's, it's difficult, but it's not impossible. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I think that, you know, of, of all the things that, um, you know, have happened through COVID, you know, the, the loss of community, you know, and I'm not trying to downplay COVID or the seriousness of it, but, you know, when you lose relationships with other human beings and you, or you lose that community culture that was formed that there's not too many other places out there in the world, like CrossFit Tilt or CrossFit New England or NC Fit or any of these other gyms that really do bring people together in a special way and promote positivity and promote health and wellness. And when those start to be chipped away and people lose that, it's hard to regain that. So I'm really, really proud and thankful that you, you're doing that with your members. You know, one of the things that I wanted to highlight with you, and, and we did kind of uh, glance over this earlier, is you, know, you have a very unique and like you're a magnanimous person. Like I, people are drawn to you. You have a really big personality and this is in your everyday life and also in your, your coaching style. And I think it serves you really well, but what are you looking for out of coaches or people who come to you and say, Hey, I want to coach for CrossFit till I want to be on the floor. What are the qualities or what are, what are you looking for out of that person? So, um, it's, it's really, it's really interesting. When I, um, when I started tilt, um, I would not, I could not answer this question because I had never developed anybody when I started tilt five years ago. Um, when we started our first gym, I coached every class uh, for a year, and um, every that's why I have yeah, it's why I have so many gray hairs now. <laughs> um, but 
Um, now we're, we're five years into this and I've developed a number of head coaches and developed a number of full-time coaches. And so, um, the number one thing that, that I'm looking for is just a willingness to learn. Um, it, I used to think it was like, oh, this person has to have this personality trait and they have to have their personality, whatever, you know, and listen, not, not everybody is is cut out to coach um it's not about coaching it's just about the, the way things are people are predisposed to different things in life it's why there are so many different paths for people to follow um so if if you want to coach you obviously have some type of love for fitness right and that's what everybody says that wants to coach well i love fitness well that's great and, I, and second to that is i love people well okay awesome i mean if you have all that and you have a willingness to learn and like you said earlier, like you actually have an, you have a hunger to learn um, and to really grind. Because one thing I was thinking about is like the way that you really get good at coaching is by coaching. The <laughs> yeah. way you get, the way you get better at squatting is squatting. Yeah. It's time under tension. For sure. And it's, it's true. You know, I mean, my, my background is not in exercise physiology. I, I was an English major with an education minor and a Judaic studies minor, you know? Um, but I'll tell you that when I was at CrossFit New England, starting off, I watched you coach. I watched Mel. I watched James. I watched Ben. I watched Kevin Montoya. I watched every single person coach, every person coach. And then I coached and did my own thing and found my own voice. And I, and that's what I found is the most important thing is people have to coach for a while to actually figure out what their coaching voices and their coaching style. Mm. And when I first started, I thought that like, all right, I need to mold these people into me. And that's like, that is the complete opposite of what you need to do. You need to create opportunities for them to learn on the floor find their own voice and then nurture that voice in that style of coaching. And, um, at my gyms, all of the coaches are genuinely, genuinely themselves. Yeah. It's right. They, they have their style. Now they are coaching a certain way that I want to be coached that I want them to coach, which is, you know, full warmups. It's, you know, the I'm NC fit, see if any, all, all gyms have their own formula for how they want a class to be run. And we do that. And from there, you know, it's on them to prepare their lesson plans. And like I said, to have their own voice and own style of coaching. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree with that wholesale. I think that you can have very distinct and different styles of excellent trainers. Um, but the number one thing as long as that person is being authentic to who they are while they're out there on the floor, that person can, can really go out there and express their personality and make it big and have that coaching voice. But if you're trying to be something you're not, or you're trying to directly mimic somebody else's coaching style, if I, if I went out there on the floor and tried to be Max Isaac, I mean, I, I would be terribly unsuccessful. It doesn't work for me. Same. I think if you went out and tried to oh, deliver my yeah, style, I wouldn't be but, able to you know, with, with that whole journey of nurturing coaches voices, where, where do you find preparation coming into the equation for your trainers? Cause you said lesson plans. So I think that obviously 
coaches going out there and having a lot of fun and being authentic to themselves, absolutely critical. But there also is a level of self-education involved in this thing. You can't just sit on your hands and imagine that it's all going to magically appear in your head. No, the, the only way that any of these coaches, especially newer coaches, can even give people a sliver of who they are is by making sure that they know the correct progressions that they're trying to coach. The authentic moments happen in between the correct progressions. You know, um, and early on as a coach, making sure that you're writing out a full lesson plan will let you be successful in so many different ways. You know, we talk about like baseline success, which is sticking to your timeline, making sure people are safe, making sure people are having a good time, right? Then it's like to bump yourself up. We, you know, like we don't grade each other, but to me, that's like a C. Like an average class is you got people out on time, you moved them through safely, you played a pretty good playlist, little Calvin Harris, little Glantis, <laughs> maybe some, maybe some Fallout Boy for you, Matt. And, you know, people left and they wanted to come back. That's showing up. That's, that's just showing up. That's the, that's that's, that, that, that's the baseline. And that comes from being prepared. Now, if you're prepared, now you can go deeper and give them a little piece of yourself, you know, because what, what you really want is you need your passion to be able to feel like it's something that like the members can really grasp. And that's like, you know, for, for, for me, like you said, like we're 10 years into coaching. I coached the 530 AM this morning. I love to coach, you know, now am I coaching eight classes a day? Certainly not. No, I'm not doing that anymore, but I'll always coach because it's what I love to do. But part, part of that is being able to give them your personality. And like you said, it all starts with preparation. So it starts with, writing lesson plans and also not writing lesson plans. And this is my biggest pet peeve 15 minutes before you coach a class. That's not preparation. No, that's doing your, that's, and I, that's doing your math homework in the back of class while you're passing it forward. And it didn't work in middle school and it won't work now. And the stakes are higher now. Yeah, they really are. I think a lot of people forget that the stakes are, and not to say this is not, fu- it's not fucking brain surgery. That's not what we're doing, but what we have, no, but people have are, re- but people are paying for a service. Exactly. A hundred percent. They're standing in front of you paying a premium to be there and they're putting their trust of their health, their wellness and their safety in your hands. And I think that that's the thing that some people forget about this is that you have that responsibility to live up to regardless of whether or not you're the head coach, part-time coach, full-time coach, owner, whoever's in standing in the front of the room. I I don't care who it is. That responsibility is on you. There's nobody else there. Right. And the thing is, is that's a pretty wonderful opportunity, right? Like anybody that's coaching right now and if you're coaching right now and you've been coaching through the pandemic, like I have, and like all the rest of the coaches that are out there right now, it is so amazing that people are showing up to work out with you. And it's not lost on me. And I continue to talk to my coaches about it because it speaks volumes about the coach, about the trust that they have and about their desire to be with you. So now think about this, right? You have this opportunity and they're coming to you and they want to be coached by you. 
and you're going to do, and, and I'm not saying this is happening, you know, we've all done this, but like, and you're going to write a lesson plan 15 minutes before a class. If like, that. Y- like your lesson plan should be so dialed in that you don't need to have a piece of paper out, which is another huge pet peeve. If you're a new coach and you need to have stuff written out, that's fine. Mm. But a year into it, you shouldn't have a piece of paper out. You should be looking over your lesson plan the night before, and you should know it. Now, hopefully, you have an opportunity to coach a couple classes because everybody knows that second class hits different. You know, <laughs> like, you know, work out the coach kinks that, a little bit. Right. You coach that first one, you put a couple good jokes in there. People are really feeling it. And then that second class, it's gold. Laugh track is like you're on Seinfeld. <laughs> All right. Um, no. So I think, um, no, I, I think. I think that lesson planning is important and it's also like it's the unsexy part of coaching, which is um, a lot of the workouts that I program are not sexy workouts. And so I kind of like the unsexy stuff, you know, Um, I like grindy type workouts and I like the unsexy part of coaching, like write a really good lesson plan with a freaking like killer flow to everything that you're doing, like a really nice progression. So people are like getting sweaty in there. Like what I've loved recently is in your warm up, like putting in a number of the modifications that you're going to give people. And so then it's like, when you're opening up the floor to questions, it's like, actually seamless. Yeah. A- abracadabra. You already got your modifications. We already warmed them up. And that also helps when you're coaching big groups, because hopefully you're coaching big groups. Yeah. Cause that's the most fun. Yeah. Uh, there, there's so much good stuff there for coaches. And, you know, I, I love that. I love the fact that you referenced making it like a seamless flow from start to finish, making it look easy, making it look like you didn't necessarily, it's not mechanical. It's not, it's not going from boom, 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 boom. But it's just like, you have all those steps and it's just flowing really nicely and everything builds off of the next into the next. And if you're building the energy, you build it into a really fun and exciting workout and then you take them back down at the end. So there's not only just this like flow of the progress of a class, but flow of the energy of the class and making sure that you're feeding that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's, I mean, that's, that's also why hopefully people are getting involved in coaching, right? Is because, coaching is really fun. And, you know, I'll, I'll be the first to admit that like when you're grinding away, sometimes like you can lose that, you know, if you're, if you're coaching, you know, right now we have our, our full-time coaches who coach four 45 minute classes in a day. And that's like teetering on the line, you know, and I would never ask coaches to coach more than that. Now, granted, when you're an owner and you coach all the classes, that's how it goes. Um, you know, you and I have talked about this in length. It's it's important that people have energy to coach because um, they feed off your energy. Yeah. And it's so crazy. Members pick up on everything. And if you are feeling it, your members are going to be feeling it. And like, again, this is stuff that like that Ben talked about, talked talk to us about so much, which is like, I remember one time I said a workout sucked one time, not even, not even as a coach, like, like after workout, I was like, that workout sucked. And the next day, Ben like sat me down and it was like, I never want you to ever use that word again. 
how could something that makes you better suck? Dude, that was eight years ago. Mm. Still, I mean, still thinking it, about it, yeah. Well, but it's real. Like, if you tell somebody it's going to suck, it's going to suck. And if you tell somebody, like, it's going to be difficult, but you're going to be better for it, it's like, I can actually get behind that. That sounds good. Yeah. I like things that are difficult. One of the things that, you know, maybe, maybe Ben was referencing this with you, or maybe he wasn't, but one of the things that I do see is such a major issue with coaches is coaches who badmouth the workouts or badmouth the program or badmouth something that's going on in the gym or badmouth the new t-shirt. That to me is such a wild, selfish, ridiculous position to take if you are calling yourself a leader in the community. How selfish is that position? Because what that does is not only does that suck the life out of the gym, but it also puts the members in a position where they look to you, they look up to you, they believe in you. And now they go, well, yeah, that did suck. And I didn't get my money's worth and I didn't have a great time. And I don't like this t-shirt. And and why am I here? Why would you ever put that out there into the ether of your community? Yeah. I mean, listen, this is, this to me is like super baseline stuff. We already talked about this. Like your, your coaches should be taking class. And if, and if this happens and the coaches have an issue with the programming, this is great. Like come talk to the person that's writing the programming and let's chat about what you don't like about it. Right. Um, For, for me, coaching is a performance and the way that I am when I coach is a version of who I am, but you're putting on a bigger version of yourself. That's, that's the point, right? Educate, inspire, entertain. Again, things that were drilled into us at a very young age when I was a new coach and it's real. Um, If you don't love the new t-shirt, just keep it moving. You don't have to wear it. Um, now, me, right now, I am wearing a CrossFit Tilt t-shirt. All I pretty much wear are the t-shirts from my gym and then blank hoodies. That's pretty much it. So I'm not a big fashionista. But what I, but I will tell you is to your members, you are everything. You are the coolest person. Guy, girl, he, she, you are the coolest Whatever you say is the gospel truth, right? When you're briefing a workout, if you're just kind of dragging your feet through the workout, today's workout is going to be 100 double unders and a couple (laughs) rounds of Cindy. It's like, uh, okay, like, do you even care about this? Own the workout, you know? Like when when I brief a workout, I'm like, let me tell you, this workout is in my top 1,000 favorite workouts. <laughs> and I've literally made the same joke, again, for uh, five or 10 years. I have years. all the same jokes, too. Right. And, but the thing is, is that workout is in the top 1,000 for me because I love to work out. Yeah. Like, I actually love what they're doing, you know? And the thing that I tell them is, like, there are some workouts that you're going to love less and some workouts that you're going to love more. But again, it comes back to, we should not be hating on things that make us better. And no matter what, right? Any workout that you do in some way, shape or form will make you better. And if coaches were to come back to that one point, 
that working out makes you better, you would never badmouth a workout. Now you can say things like, hopefully not to your members, I like this, this workout more than other workouts, right? Like, come on, Matt, if I program Chelsea for you, you're going to be really happy, you know? <laughs> um, but but what, I'm, what I'm saying is that coaches should just love to work out and should love to coach. And if they legitimately feel that way, their members will feel that too. And that will also create the best vibe at your gym. You know, and people will be so happy to work out because if people aren't happy working out, why are they there? Yeah, no, no, I I don't know. This hits home for me, dude. I, I, this topic really is one that is near and dear for me that, you know, if you want to call yourself a good trainer, if you want to call yourself a great trainer, even an excellent trainer, some of the best trainers in the world, you have to be able to coach any workout that's put in front of you, whether or not deep down in the fiber of your soul, you like that workout, you think it's well pro, whatever. You have to go out there and be able to coach it like it's your favorite workout of all time, that you are going to have a hell of a time presenting this workout to this class. It's going to be a fun workout. You guys are going to get a great sweat. We're going to have a blast while doing it. If you can't do that, if you can't look at any workout on paper and do that, you need to like take a hard look in the mirror because it's impacting your members' health and happiness 100%. Your members are, are definitely not as happy as they could be because you're mailing it in or, better, or, or worse yet, you're talking shit about a workout that these people are showing up to do. They're showing up to do that workout. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, or, you know, like me, you just program everything that you want to do because you write the programming. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just I'm, – I'm joking. But we did program a really great workout today, and it's so funny. Uh, the workout that we programmed today would be like – MDV would be licking his chops. <laughs> Double hundred rounds of city, Cindy. Yep. Wait, yeah. Did you see it? No, you talked about it a little earlier. Yeah. I picked up so, on it because yeah. I was like, ooh. <laughs> yeah, a hundred down to 20 double unders and then five down to one uh, rounds of Cindy. And obviously, you would do the rounds of Cindy strict because I know you're looking for a good pump. Um, <laughs> no, and it's – it's just, it's, it's a great workout. People love it. I'm so excited to take the 4:30 later today. Um, you know, who else puts rounds of Cindy in a lot of his workouts? I have a couple of people in my head, but who Pat Sherwood and, um, linchpin always puts out really fun workouts and I steal a lot of them. Yeah. We we've done it a couple of times. I know, um, Spieler has done it a couple of times. Spieler also put something out a long time ago that we still pull the lever on this every now and again, where it's like, I think his post was about members hating heavy lifting. And what he uh, did was he took Cindy and broke up Cindy with like super heavy clean or super heavy deadlift. So you do like two or three rounds of Cindy and then you'd put in two or three super heavy cleans or deadlifts. And I, th- I love that little trick too, that little asterisk on that one. Yeah. Yeah. We've done some stuff like that with, um, with Isabel as well. And, you know, like 10 rounds, one round of Cindy, three snatches, stuff like that. Um, yeah. I mean, again, this is like, I mean, we could do a whole podcast just talking about cool workouts to program. And yeah, this is also why it's like, it's infinite and in that this stuff can go on forever because there's just an infinite number of workouts and they're all fun yeah. for the most part. 
Well, I definitely want to, we're getting a little short on time here. We got a few more minutes and, um, okay. you know, I, I do want to talk about one thing, but I, I agree. I think that coming back on and just talking, talking program and talking workouts would be super, super fun for me selfishly. I think a lot of coaches out there will look at you and go, oh, well, he's just been lucky, man. He's just met the right people or he like bumped into some opportunities and maybe, maybe they won't say that, but I'm going to, I'm going to pretend that they do. How do coaches make things like what's happened to you happen? What do they have to do? Successful gym owner opportunity to be part of a kombucha company working for a strength and conditioning program that's, you know, blowing up in the high school uh, football uh, area. What do you do? How do you, how do you make those things happen? Uh, so I think for, I think for me, it's uh, it's looking for opportunities and, I think also it's, you know, and again, I know everybody probably feels this way, but like not, not being satisfied of where you're at and also thinking about what's actually motivating you. And for, for me, you know, everybody has some type of financial motivation. You, you, you have to, but I don't think it can be the sole driving force. Um, my, my sole driving force from when I started teaching was to help others and everything that I do in my life, maybe outside the kombucha stuff helps people. And, um, you know, while we did the, while I was doing all the coaching stuff across fit new England, I also was doing like a small private training company where I was driving to people's houses and training them privately. Right now, I work with a number of young men that are, you know, either on the uh, autism spectrum or dealing with, you know, crippling social anxiety and work with them one on one. Um, I just think it's innately inside me to to work with others and to help others. And that's my main, you know, my main driving force that's been for the past 10 years. So I think for me, it's I see an opportunity and I want to see what I can do with it. And like I said, I, I'm also somebody that gets excited about new things. Like I'm, you know, excited for new shiny things, right? And and it's not I'm trying to, you know, buy this next thing. It's trying to see what this new venture can bring. And you know, ten years ago, I would have never thought that I had any type of entrepreneurial mindset at all. And all I was doing was just trying to do the next thing and do it as well as I possibly could. And, you know, I, I don't know if it's, if it's luck, but what I do know is that it's building real relationships and actually listening when people are talking for sure. Um, something you're really great at. I mean, and, and I'll, I'll tell you, um, you know, it's something that something I think, think Ben, uh, does really well. It's something that helped CrossFit New England grow. It's something that all the best coaches and the people that I rattled off in the beginning, people like you, Rachel Martinez, James Hobart, Kevin Montoya, um, you know, Mel Ockerby, these, these coaches that I saw coaching when I was young, it's what everybody did. I mean, you talk and you actually listen and you see where you can fit in. And that's what I, that's what I did, you know, and I did meet some really great people along the way and they let me run with things. Um, but also people don't just bail you out, you know, so they, they hold you accountable and that's what's happened. I, I agree. And you know, those people who met you and you guys forged these opportunities, those people met 
dozens, if not hundreds of other people, other coaches that they could have had business relationships with, or they could have provided opportunities for. But I think the thing that you mentioned there at the end is that people are drawn to real passion and people are drawn to real conversation and real care and empathy. And those are the things that like, if you are a coach out there and you're just kind of mailing it in and you're writing your members off, or you're not really listening when they're talking to you, like they're not going to come to you and say, Hey, listen, I have this thing that I want to put in front of you and I want you to be a part of, or, Hey, have you ever thought about doing your own thing? And I would love to invest in you. Those kinds of conversations come into people's heads because they look at you and you're blowing the door off the hinges. You're out there coaching your heart out. You have passion. You're listening to them. You care for them. You help them. Those things will come. Those conversations will come. You can't reverse engineer it. It doesn't happen that way. No, you're, I mean, listen, you're, you're spot on with that. It's that, I mean, again, I said this earlier, if people are coming to your gym, like that is the most amazing thing in the world. And I think we all lose sight of it. And this is also why it's the best to coach, to talk to other coaches, you know, and because everybody experiences the highs, the lows and the times in between. And it's really hard to talk to other people that are in different businesses because it's just, it's different, right? So you have to talk to other educators and you have to talk to other coaches. And every time that I have a conversation like this, like you feel so energized, like, like right now, like I feel like I could, you know, go PR my 5k or something, but um, no, you know, you, who does a 5k anymore? Oh, we, (laughs) I'm just kidding. We, we, when it's nice out, we run a fair amount of 5ks. Um, Actually, Severin is like, is my one of my favorite hero workouts, which I think you'd like to 50 strict pull-ups, hundred hand release pushups, 5k run. Well, we did that workout at your, at your gym, either Christmas or Thanksgiving a couple of years ago. It's our, it's our Thanksgiving workout. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. You, you smoked it wearing vans. Um, no, I think, (laughs) think um, no, I think again, I think if, if we pay attention more to what our members are saying, Uh, so many wonderful things will present themselves because the whole thing is, and the reason why people are coming to the gym setting that you're training at is because they actually want to get to know you too. Um, Right now you can work out anywhere, anytime on any platform. It is, I mean, it's never been more accessible. The fitness industry is, is absolutely amazing. And I've talked to people that are like, you know, let me tell you the, 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 the future of fitness is, is virtual always. I think there's, I think there's a future in virtual, but you go to a thriving gym with really good trainers and members that love each other and want to see everybody do well and go compare apples to apples. It's impossible in-person fitness will come back. And this is, I mean, and this is, you know, what I've, I've talked to my trainers about this since the very first lockdown is we will continue to pivot. We will continue to make things work because eventually, and this is the optimist in me, things will come back and people will come back because there is no greater feeling 
than being next to somebody sweating, working hard, listening to that music. I mean, there's, there's no feeling like that. It's what we've all, it's what we all fell in love with and is why most people are coaching. It's why most people are coaching right now because they had that moment and they fell in love with it and they wanted to spread that to other people. Yeah. And so, you know, it's, it's amazing. And, you know, I, again, it, it will, it will come back. Just, yeah. The pendulum swings both ways, people. It's going to come on back and it's going to come yep. on back really, yeah. really hard. And you want to be in that gym, that space when it does happen. So yeah, you know, I agree. Max, we're, uh, I know you're a busy man, probably got a million things to do here. I appreciate no. you sitting down with me this morning. Um, yeah. I really enjoyed this conversation, just like every conversation that we've had over the weeks, months, and years together. And I would love to have you back on regularly to talk coaching, workouts, programming, whatever. So thank yeah. you very much this morning, Max. Oh, Matt, I, uh, again, I said this in the beginning, I, I'm incredibly honored to talk with you on this. Um, you're somebody who has been an amazing friend an amazing mentor to me. So I love when things really come full circle because again, like I, you know, I made the joke. You're my first elements coach. Also fun fact, uh, taught me my first kipping toe to bar, <laughs> taught me, taught me my first kipping pull up, um, uh, taught me how to do handstand pushups. Um, no, it's, it's, it's amazing. And I think the really cool thing is, is that in these 10 years, things change, but it's always, it's the same, right? It's, it's, everything's repackaged, but the mission is always the same. And yeah. I think that's the best part. And that's also the mark of a lifelong coach, you know, is that a lifelong coach will pivot, but at the very base level, helping people remains the same. Couldn't agree more, Max. Love that. And I love you, buddy. Thanks very much for being here today. All right. Love you, Matt. Thanks, man. Yeah.